0: Set
1: up, boss. Actually,
2: he's the boss. I just pay for everything and design everything.
3: Make everyone look cooler.
2: The
4: Avengers. How can you possibly stop me?
3: Show them what we got. Time to work for a living.
5: But you slipped.
4: Guy. That's all in the swing. If you step out that door, you're an you're Avenger.
0: An... You didn't see that coming?
4: All right, it's time for some fun.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is uh, podcast 534. It is April 12th, 2015. A big happy birthday to my younger son, Eric. Uh, His birthday is today, actually. (laughs) Went to see him yesterday and um, had a good time. But today, ah, clear my throat here a little bit already. Today we're going to look at uh, an Enterprise episode. This is going to be uh, a more uh, classic style, Treks and sci-fi, like I like to call it. So we're going to look at a Trek episode from Enterprise's fourth season, an episode... I uh, 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 really can't talk. An episode called Daedalus. Uh, this is involving the inventor of the transporter. And I I think this is an interesting one. might not be one of their best episodes, uh, but uh, it's an interesting one. And we're going to look at that. I'll play the episode, comment uh, as we go. Also give you some news, info, things going on in the world of Star Trek, Star Wars, Facebook, uh, because the and Sci-Fi Facebook group is messed up, but I'll talk about that here in a minute or two. Um, And of course, uh, that Age of Ultron uh, TV spot I played at the beginning, I'm super excited. About three weeks away or so, right? I think, let's see, one, two, three, yeah, about... Three weeks from Friday, from this past Friday, so we'll uh, we're not that far away from the um, the second Avengers film. Uh, three years taking three years after the first, uh, and uh, it looks you know fantastic. So I'm very excited by that. Lots of stuff actually to talk about, and uh, well, let's do little opening music credits stuff here, and I'll be back, and we'll talk about all the latest geek stuff on Treks and Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci Fi podcast.
2: Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating.
5: Stand by to receive our transmission.
1: Okay, again, welcome, everyone, to the show. This is Rico, and you are listening to your uh, weekly dose of geeky goodness, Trex and Sci-Fi. Welcome to the show, everyone, returning uh, folks who have listened forever. Uh, I I appreciate that, that you're continuing to listen to uh, (laughs) me talk about geek stuff, other people, guest hosts talk about geek stuff, Uh, group shows like last week with uh, Jen and Angela and I, sharing our innermost geek secrets of growing up geek and being parents uh, of potential geeks and so forth. Thanks again for uh, their participation last week. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so uh, you can always contact me, Rico at treks, treksf at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to the treks and sci main page and see some stories there. There's PayPal donation links. I figured I'd get rid of all the businessy stuff iTunes, uh, you know, the show is available there. Stitcher Radio and all of that rest. You can also just use the RSS feed if that's the kind of thing you're into. But, uh, yeah, lots of different ways to get the show. Hope you enjoy it. And I I try to keep a a wide variety of things on the show with guests and other topics. So uh, it's still pretty uh, interesting for me after nine and a half or so years of doing the show. So we're going to get right into talking about... uh, things right away here Uh, the biggest thing I wanted to talk about right at the near the start of the show for those of you you know for for many years Trex and Sci-Fi had a a, has and still has a forum a good old-fashioned yeah internet forum which uh, is is pretty lightly visited these days by folks and about I don't know how long ago I did this now a couple years something like that I decided well I'll pull the pull the uh, trigger and create a Facebook group. You know, so many people are on Facebook these days, and they have all these different little fan groups on there, pages and groups. Group seems to be a little bit, um, I think you get a little more interactivity with the group versus the page. But anyway, so I created a Trex and Sci-Fi Facebook group. And uh, a lot of, you know, basically all the people that were active and, and you know, on the forum pretty much. If you're, if you're a user of Facebook, a lot of those people are on there. And a bunch of other ones, a bunch of people that have never, ever been on the forum. Probably got up to, I think we were up to almost 500 members for 90-something. But, well, a couple of days ago, I started nos- noticing that there was a problem with the group. Uh, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't really basically do anything on the group being even the creator and admin of the group, I couldn't make a post, I couldn't make a comment, I couldn't delete. Well, actually, I think I did, I did eventually yesterday was able to delete a couple of posts. Uh, and so I'm not sure what happened. Um, I've, I've googled and searched online for help. And, it, you know, there's very little control or there are very few settings within Facebook groups to adjust. And I hadn't, I you know, just so everyone knows, I hadn't... Tr- tr- changed anything. I hadn't tweaked or adjusted any kind of a setting, but I, you know, I tried to reset, you know, by basically, uh, there's a thing about, you know, that admins have to approve all posts. Uh, there's a few little settings that I figured, okay, let me tweak them on and off and see if that changes anything. I did basically everything that I could, uh, you know, figure out to do. Nothing seemed to help. So I also, there's a help thing there that you can like send a I don't know what you call it, a message. It's not really an email. It's within Facebook to Facebook for help. So I reported a couple of things to them and, that got, of course, got no response, which is from what Google searches tell me about trying to get Facebook themselves to help you. is—is is <laughs> Maybe in a month they will. I don't know. But uh, So yesterday I decided, well, you know what? And, and I had this thought when it was obviously having problems. I said, well, I could make the group again. But there's no simple way to take all the members from one group uh, and and move them over to the other for one thing you can only directly add a member if you are a friend of theirs on Facebook so that limits you a little bit too because I there's only a small subset of people that I'm friends with that were on the Trex and sci-fi Facebook group so all those people got kind of added in to the new group pretty easily and quickly so, uh, what I wanted to mention to everyone basically is I'm going to keep the old group up. Uh, it's it's obviously still messed up and trashed, but uh, anyone listening to this show that had to get added by like an admin or a person, another person, you know, to the old Trucks and Sci-Fi, there are. Uh, I'll put a link on the main Trucks and Sci-Fi homepage. I tried to make an event thing, and the old. Trex and Sci-Fi Facebook group, so people would have a link directly to the new one. I will also put a link in the in the show notes for this week of the new group, uh, and at some point in the next maybe week or so, I am going to attempt to just delete the old Facebook group so that any searches and things will only go to, go to the new one, which I've called right now Trex and Sci-Fi 2.0. Uh, so that's the story I guess I don't know what else more to say about it I'm not sure again again what happened uh, you know a little glitch somewhere in a post you know it got maybe something got posted a, in a weird way and it didn't quite take and it just messed up the code in the in the group I don't know I don't know and it it doesn't really matter but there are one of the things about this even though I guess it would be nice to have all those member numbers again but I don't think it really matters because truthfully um, as I look through the old member list on the old group, the way these things typically go, I know there's people that visit groups and never post or participate, you know, in terms of, you know, putting up a comment or a post. But there's a group uh, I think we will quickly get the main, like, active members of the group back pretty quickly. And we can add others as, as we go. I've added uh, a couple of uh, admins, Chris and Joe. So, um, you know, but for right now where the group is public, the new group, the new group is public. The new group also has the ability. All members who are a part of the new Trucks and Sci Fi group can add members themselves. So if you guys have friends and family, maybe people who w- weren't even part of the old group, please add them in and uh, that would be great if they if you if it's something you think they'd be interested in, please do so. So that's the story. I don't want to spend a huge more amount of time on the podcast about it, but old Trucks and Sci Fi group, trashed, messed up, goofed uh, you know, goofy acting. So, and the new group is available. So, uh, and like I said, again, uh, eventually I'll, I'll get rid of, attempt to get rid of the old group, so it won't confuse anyone. And yeah, so that's the scoop. Uh, right now, uh, there's a way to make a URL. One last thing, in Facebook and Facebook groups, I, I was able to before had it facebookcom groups sci fi Right now, I am using it as a uh, a number. Uh, a, you know, it's it's Facebook.com/groups/slash this long set of numbers. But soon that'll probably change to Treks and Sci-Fi something 2.0 or something like that. So that's about all for that topic. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's move on to talk about uh, let's talk about Daredevil. Let's talk about Netflix's new gritty, dark. Uh, amazing uh really really good uh daredevil uh tv show i guess you call it a tv show right it uh started they released 13 episodes uh last friday on netflix and you know this is the way netflix has been doing these series like house of cards and orange is the new what's it called orange is something i don't know i don't watch that show about the women in prison but uh, so Daredevil, that's really what I want to talk about. So Netflix Daredevil, 13 episodes first season. and th- this show is really, really great so far that I've seen. I've watched three episodes. I'm trying not to watch it all in like, you know, one sitting, uh, which is I, I don't really do that with TV shows anyway. So Daredevil is a Marvel comic book character. Uh, for those that don't know he basically as a child was exposed to he had there was an accident he got exposed to some chemicals and uh, it blinded him he's blind he can't see but he has these hypersenses, senses uh, you know hearing and touch and smell and all that basically the uh, you know there's always been this you know and I guess it's maybe true I don't know i, I I've never really dug into it but People that have become blind or are blind they say have have you know their other sensors become more keen because they don't have all that visual stimuli maybe or or whatever but this this uh character daredevil takes that to the kind of nth degree and he can hear and smell things you know miles away and uh stuff like that so uh this uh this show started uh yeah on friday you could watch it on Netflix. And I've never I've read some Daredevil comics, but I, he's he's not uh, one of the main characters that I've followed over the years very well. I know enough about him though, uh, and uh, I was actually somebody who didn't really mind the Ben Affleck movie that they did. I, I didn't think that was that bad. Uh, and there's a director's or an extended version of that movie that's pretty good. So, um, but this this is a very different kind of Marvel project. It's not like got all the you know the the very very colorful superheroes of like Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man, and all that. This is a down and dirty th- thing where a guy basically puts on a mask and fights um, bad guys. You know, more or less, you know the organized crime and street criminal types in uh, an area uh, called Hell's Kitchen in New York. And there are some references in this show at the very. You know, in some little bits here and there, not really a lot about the destruction and stuff of New York if that happened in the last Avengers film. Spoiler, if you haven't seen that movie before. But uh, so th- this again, it's it's a much more you know. There's a lot of fist fights and they're very real. They're not uh, you know you can you can you can feel these punches and the characters and the the cast is good. And I'm not going to give too much away at all. You know, I don't like to spoil things for anyone. And it obviously just came out a few days ago, except to say that it's really a great show. I think this is uh, they're really on to something here with this version that they're doing of uh, uh, a cable show, you know, you don't need a lot of special effects for this show. It really is suited well towards a Netflix, uh, you know, group and audience because... For one, they can use a little more language. There's a lot of violence. Um, this is not a kiddie show by any means. I I, I want to do warn people. This is not a, a show to sit down with you know your eight year old and watch uh, Daredevil uh, I, I, unless you're somebody who doesn't mind you know the kids seeing some really nasty stuff happen uh, and we're we're talking pretty nasty stuff. So, uh, but it, it's 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 very gripping. The main guy uh, and I will have to look up the actor's name that's char is it charlie something i think uh but i've seen him in a couple other things he's the guy who's playing matt murdoch or daredevil uh he he's he's really good i i think he's just got the right uh, you know just the right attitude the way he's playing the character so far that i've seen in these first three episodes uh what else uh one of the uh, lead people that was on true blood deborah ann wall is uh she's Karen I think is her first name right again I don't know um these characters very well from the comics and uh but she's kind of become the secretary they kind of had a couple of episodes involving her that kind of brought her in to meet Matt Murdock and his partner Foggy they're they're lawyers and so that gets him in touch with a lot of things going on and crime and that uh but yeah it's just started I've only watched I've got like 10 episodes left to watch right so uh but I highly, highly recommend it if you if you like a real gritty, real kind of um, super I don't want to say superhero, but I guess you can sort of say that uh, comic book style type of show. It, this this is uh, this is really good. I, I I've heard basically everyone has been enjoying it. I haven't heard any negative things really that much at all. I'm sure you could find them, and I'm sure you could. Uh, do that if you'd like, but I, I think this show is going to be universally really, really loved, and I'm very excited that uh, Marvel is just keeps keeps doing it. You know that they've got movies, they've got TV. You know, Agents of Shield has been doing well in season two. There's talk that there's going to be another Agents of Shield or some kind of a spinoff show uh, that I've heard talk about. So yeah, lots of interesting things going on in the world of comics, of course. On the DC side of it, we have Flash, we have Arrow, uh, Constantine, iZombie, which I'm starting to watch. Uh, or I've watched maybe three episodes of iZombie. It's good. It's different. Uh, it doesn't quite grab me quite as much as some of the other shows, but I'm going to stick with it for a bit. Uh, and uh, there is also um, there are plans to do a new uh, sort of uh, another DC show about a time traveling guy. So, uh, yeah, lots of cool stuff going on and in the world of comics, on TV, movies coming, of course, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man this summer, and so forth. I did a movie vidcast a few weeks back, so we won't go into that again. So, hey, I, I need to get a little bit more to drink here, a little more green tea, and I will come back and talk uh, uh, more about um, Star Trek, Star Wars in the news, and then we'll do the Enterprise episode.
4: All I- right. This is uh, Admiral
1: Adama. My name's Robert J. Sawyer. This is Cena Grace.
5: Hey, this is Stephen Amell. Hey, this is Dr. Trek, Larry Nimichek.
4: hanging with Sean and
1: Bridget. They're telling all about general geekery. And you are listening to the Rusted Robot Podcast.
4: The number one rated robot-related podcast in Northern Ontario. You should be following them on Twitter. Keep listening.
1: Don't forget to follow them on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. TheRustedRobot.podbean.com The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it
3: rusted robot
1: okay Star Trek uh, we're uh, starting to pretty much get some good news for the new movie the next film uh, number three uh, or whatever it's going to be it probably won't have a number they haven't done numbers for this new set of Star Trek films so I'm sure it's going to be a Star Trek subtitle something or the other Star Trek colon the Simon Pegg version because Simon Pegg is now working on this from a uh, concept and script and just uh you know he's kind of the creative direction of the film uh is part of uh what he's working on right these days and you know he's been i've been hearing a little talk that he wants to make the the next one more like guardians of the galaxy whatever that means there was rumors floating about that idris elba that african-american actor uh he was supposed to be maybe uh one of the casts uh one of the maybe as the main villain in this next movie Uh, that has not been confirmed so maybe it was just they were talking in talks to him and and maybe didn't work out or maybe they're still in talks but uh they do have one cast announcement i think this is pretty it's semi-official we'll call it it was reported by deadline uh, that uh, an actress named uh, Sofia Butella, I think that's how you say him, probably butila I don't know. I think it's in Italian. She looks Italian. So Sofia, this young actress, uh, is supposed to be in the next uh, Star Trek film. For those that saw that movie from uh, about two months back now, Kingsman, The Secret Service, she was the dark-haired girl that had the, like, funny like limbs legs you know that could slice you up and stuff if you saw her in the preview uh previews or if you saw the movie so that is her uh and she is supposedly in this next uh, movie so uh, yeah I, I i don't know we'll, we we'll see what happens with her you know i could see her being a bad guy a good guy who knows Uh, but, um, so what else do we have to say about that? It's still targeted for next July coming out in July of 2016. They're supposed to start filming it. I think sometime in the next couple of months around June ish. Uh, I still wonder if they're going to be able to make that July. It's July 8th, 2016, uh, date of release Eh, probably, but, uh, we will see. The, you know, this movie, this one's supposed to be much more about exploration, much more of a mission, you know, out there rather than always kind of Earth centric. Hey, we're going to destroy Earth. They kind of have done that in the last two movies so far that with this Abrams version of Trek. So we will see. I hope they they leave Earth completely. Earth just sitting back there being fine on its own. and <laughs> They just do something completely new. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so we're starting to get some info. I'm glad we're going to get another movie, obviously, and we're going to get a movie in the year, the 50th anniversary year of of Star Trek. And uh, like I've said a few times on the podcast, uh, you know, there's been all these little – they've stirred the pot again on rumors of a TV show. Nothing is official. Nothing's happened. uh, But I do believe that once either we get, you know, into next year and closer to – the release of this movie that a, a new series will be i don't think anything's going to happen before the movie comes out i think if the movie does well I, I think that we will get another series i think even if the movie does average i think there's going to be another tv series tv right now is is the hot thing to be on when you in, in my opinion uh i think there's more money to kind of be made i think it's um, a simpler proposition in some ways maybe more difficult in some ways but so we'll see, and you know everybody keeps talking about, oh, will it be on Netflix? Will it be on you know Prime Cable type channel like HBO or what will they do? But you know CBS still owns the television rights, so I I still I still really think that it's going to end up on CBS when they do a new TV show. But you know maybe not. Who knows? Maybe CBS will join join up with Netflix or something and, and do it there, or or HBO perhaps. I mean these guys can form joint properties. These days, they see, you know, all kinds of TV and movies that have, you know, 20 different production companies uh, associated with them. So, okay, I think that's all really the main Star Trek. Well, actually, one other thing related to the movie, they've uh, they got a new costume designer. Uh, Sonia Hayes, I think that's how you say her name, is the new costume designer. Uh, she is replacing Michael Kaplan, who did the last two Trek movies. Uh, she also, uh, this Sonya Hayes, this new costume director, she worked on the Fast and Furious films. Remember that Justin Lin is directing this new Star Trek film, and he did a Fast and Furious movie, which I did see that, that newest one, which was really good. Not, not sci-fi, but I, I saw it last weekend and I enjoyed it. And uh, so, you know, maybe the, the, we'll get a little bit more different uniforms this time in the next Star Trek movie. I'd like to see a little bit more. Kind of more of a Star Trek two three movie, you know, more formal kind of uniform than the kind of shirts and stuff they wear. I like the colors they've got. I think they're a little casual looking at times for a uniform, uh, but uh, but I I would like something a little bit more um, more done with that. I think it would be a good idea and a good opportunity to do that, especially since I think there's supposed to be some significant time that has elapsed between this next Star Trek movie and the previous Into Darkness one, so. And we have some new, I think uh, we got a new cinematographer on this uh, next film as well, Stephen Winden. Uh, He is replacing Dan Mindell, who did the last one. And uh, Mindell also went off to do uh, Abrams' uh, Episode seven work, so that's kind of what's happened there. J.J. Abrams took some of the people that he worked on with Trek, took them over to Star Wars, and now they're getting new people for Trek. Uh, But it's all good. I think it'll be fine. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, some new blood, I guess. It should be interesting. Uh, a little bit about Star Wars, I guess we could we could talk about. Um, uh, the comics, I, I'm enjoying them, but I'm not kind of blown away. I, I, I still find these comics, they're doing things in these comics that I find a little bit, it makes me a little uneasy, uh, the Luke Vader stuff. Um, but, uh, but the Darth Vader one is pretty good. Princess Leia book, eh. I haven't read that Kanan book that's based on the character from Rebels yet. I haven't read that yet. Uh, but the probably the biggest Star Wars news that happened, which which kind of didn't really do much for me, was this big um, digital release of the movies. For some reason, I, I I just had no idea they really weren't available officially on digital. You know, I, I've got pretty good computer stuff and, and, and knowledge, so I can take a Blu-ray or a DVD and turn it into a... Um, Turn it into a file that can play digitally on my iPad or whatever. Do it on my own manually. Uh, but yeah, you can buy the movies now, and I guess they they got rid of the 20th Century Fox logo at the beginning. I heard, and now it's just, it just says Lucasfilm. Uh, but these are basically the, the you know the last versions of the digital you know the Blu-ray versions. They didn't change anything. They're not uh, from what I heard. There's some extra features and extra things that you get with them, but they're not. Um, they're not like the original cut or any different version of the movie than we than we saw with the Blu-ray l- release uh, a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, so you can see them on digital now on your, um, you know, officially buy them off iTunes or wherever. All right, we're almost like a half hour into the show, but I better get into the Enterprise episode or it's going to be a forever long podcast. So, um, yeah, so that's the news I wanted to cover. Uh, lots of good stuff going on. Summer movies coming. Very exciting. Very cool Looking forward to all that stuff. Uh, and uh, the TV series, most of them are kind of winding down uh, for the year. And uh, Although Game of Thrones starts tonight, so that's cool. Looking forward to, what is it, Season 5? Right, Season 5. So, uh, yeah, a show that I have a love-hate relationship with because there's some terrible things that happen. But, man, it just grabs you and it, it holds on. So, okay, Daedalus Enterprise Episode Season 4, and uh, let's do it. Okay, here we go with the Enterprise uh, I admit Daedalus. i got a
5: few butterflies. Okay, <laughs> more than a few. You haven't stopped talking about this for a week. it's different for you? You grew up with the man. When I was seven, my mom bought me a book about him. Emery Erickson, father of the transporter. I made her read it to me every night for a month. That book is the reason I became an engineer. Did
4: I ever tell you about meetings, Ephraim Cochrane? Yeah, only about 50 times. And you know I understand how you feel.
1: So, Trip and uh, Captain Archer here talking about meeting uh, this Emory Erickson, Doctor Emory Erickson, who is the inventor oh, yeah. of the transporter.
5: You got a main street in you, you know that.
3: Nothing seems to be missing. Mm-hmm.
1: So he's he's there with uh,
3: Jonathan, look at you.
1: His daughter.
3: I always suspected you'd be famous. He's just in a wheelchair too, just uh, stuff you don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
5: John. Good
3: to see you.
0: Well, oh, we have a lot of catching up to do.
3: Mm-hmm. Do it later. I'm on a tour of this place. My chief engineer, Commander Charles Tucker. It's an honor. Guess you and I'll be spending some time together. I'm looking forward to it. Dedica. I hope you don't mind that I'm borrowing your ship, Captain. As long as you return it in good condition. Don't know if I can promise that. When this test is over, Enterprise and all of Starfleet could be obsolete.
4: Sounds like you're trying to put me out of a job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long road getting from there.
1: All right, so Daedalus uh, Enterprise episode number 10 from season 4. First aired on January 14th, uh, 2005, so a little more than 10 years ago. This episode was written by Ken Lezebnik and and Michael Bryant, directed by David Stratham. This... uh, Basically, is a story about this uh, character actor, or this um, character, Emery Erickson, who invented the transporter. If you remember in Enterprise, in the early seasons, early episodes, they used the shuttles a lot, the shuttle pods, they called them. They didn't use the uh, transporter very much, even though they did have it. It was a little, eh, a little untested And eventually, throughout the seasons of Enterprise, they became more reliant and dependent on it and more confident in it. And in this uh, episode, we learn a little bit about uh, the creation of it, some of the things that didn't uh, work at one time and so forth, and some other things related to that.
4: In preparation for Dr. Erickson's experiment, we've reduced power in all but essential areas of the ship. Feel like some company?
1: So Trip is here in the mess hall with Tapal after hours, it looks like.
5: Are you holding up? I'm fine. I've been seeing you by yourself a lot. I'm reading the Kirshara. How is it? Interesting. 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 Extremely. Look, I know what you're going through. Losing a family member, it's the toughest thing there is.
0: I see no point in discussing it. It's in the
5: past. Your mother died a week ago. Talking won't change that. It may change the way you feel about it. I what? don't feel anything about it. Uh, you can tell yourself that. It's the truth. You know, when Lizzie died, there were times I wanted to just close up, retreat inside myself.
0: Trip, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but it's not necessary.
5: You're fine. Huh? If you ever do want to talk. Let me know.
1: Yeah, she doesn't look fine to me. Lizzie is uh, Trip's sister that was died in the Zindi attack uh, that he was mentioning there. And Trip walks out on, uh, to Paul. and Subquantum
3: teleportation.
1: She looks a little upset.
3: Step onto a transporter on Earth. A few seconds later, you're on Vulcan. That's over 16 light years. That's just for starters. Theoretically, there is no limit to the distance. One of the things we're here to test. You tell me, with that kind of technology, who'd have any use for a starship? Maybe you will put me out of a job.
1: (laughs) So they're having a little dinner together here.
3: It's going to take decades to work out all the bugs. But when we do, Starfleet's going to look a hell of a lot different. That's if it exists at all. You can see he hasn't changed. I remember you and my father having similar discussions. He believed the future was in the warp drive. I believed in the transporter pad. I miss those talks. I miss him. To Henry.
1: So Trip the is there Science to Paul,
3: has been studying Erickson, and his daughter. For some time, with little result. I've been trying to get my hands on some of that research for years. And hindsight is probably just as well that I couldn't. It might have sent me down the wrong path.
5: It's hard to imagine. Beaming someone that far.
3: All breakthroughs are hard to imagine before they happen. When I developed the transporter, most people simply couldn't grasp it. Some still can't. I have to confess, given a choice, I'd much rather use a good old-fashioned channel pod. <laughs> I'll never forget the protests when the transporter was first approved for biomatter.
0: Oh, God, here we go.
3: (laughs) People said it was unsafe. That it caused brain cancer, psychosis, and even sleep disorders. And then there was all that metaphysical chatter about whether or not the person who arrived after the transport was the same person who left and not some weird copy.
5: Which would make all of us copies. I had to fight all of that
3: nonsense.
1: Well, the funny thing about it, all that is, is is all those things sort of have happened with transporter problems over, over the years, copies, problems with mental issues and, and, and just, uh, the idea of like, are they the same person and so forth.
5: Here's to a successful experiment.
1: And of course, some of this stuff that he's working on here in this episode, this long-range beaming they do later on. We're entering
4: and, an area known as the Bearers.
1: Like the Voyager it does it and so forth.
4: Light years. Perfect conditions for Emery's test.
3: Those early days were pretty terrifying. I'm lucky to be alive. Is it true you're the first person to go through? I wasn't about to let anyone else do it. <laughs> you must have been scared. Terrified. That original transporter took a full minute and a half to cycle through. Felt like a year. You could actually feel yourself being taken apart, put back together. When I materialized, first thing I did was lose my lunch. <laughs> Second thing I did was get stone drunk. Trick I learned from Zephryn Cochran. Now there was a man who knew the benefits of a little liquid courage. What is it? Well, you're going to need more juice than I thought. Not more than
5: Enterprise can spare. Well, we'll have to draw directly from the warp reactor. may we'll even have to shut down a few systems.
3: You'll be able to leave the lights on. Yeah. If I could get a look at your power converter, it might help me out. I'll tell you what. When I'm done with this, I'll install the converter. See if I can make life easier on you. Well. Thanks, but uh,
5: when it comes to modifying our systems, I prefer to do things myself. Can I get a look at it? I said I'd install a converter. And I said no thanks.
3: (laughs) I wish I had time to debate the finer points of engineering protocol, but as you can see, I'm extremely busy. I realize this is your ship and I'm only a guest, but let me remind you that Starfleet has granted me complete access to your systems. If you hadn't noticed, I'm more than capable of handling a little power upgrade. Hand me that, will you?
1: And here we start the, like, hmm, why won't he let me look at his gear? Yeah, so Trip, uh,
0: that's the main Just like Scotty, pretty, seen, pretty, right?
1: pretty, uh, you know, the ship like you know the crew. tied and into his, his engineering and his other. systems and letting and somebody else come in and change division. things. Still Doesn't sit too easy with on? him.
4: I think you know the answer. Your father seems like he can take care of himself. He sure hasn't lost any of his edge.
0: Can't argue with that.
4: So? Why are you still on Earth?
0: <sighs> he needs me. He still hasn't gotten over Quinn.
4: It's been 14 years. 15... He lost a son. If you leave, he'll lose a daughter.
0: If this test goes well, it'll be a new start for him. Give him something to look forward to.
1: So there they're talking about his son, Quinn, that, uh, that was, they think was killed uh, years back. But we'll learn more about that here as the episode goes on. This is Danica, his daughter that uh, Archer is talking to. That's
0: an understatement.
1: <laughs> played by Leslie Silva. Embry Erickson is played by Bill Cobbs, a character actor. I've seen him quite a bit and things.
4: I know. It's hard taking advice from someone who used to chase you around the backyard with a plastic laser pistol.
0: Yeah, but it's good advice, Jonathan. I just wish I could follow it.
3: How was your tour?
0: I enjoyed it.
3: You can always tell when you're upset. You do this like you're in a hurry.
1: So she's um Injecting That's him in his back area, which is, looks pretty messed up uh, with They're something.
3: Here. That's reason enough to be optimistic.
0: We're lying to them.
3: We have no choice.
0: We could talk to John and he might be able to help us.
3: No. He wouldn't understand. We can't say anything to him. We can't trust anyone.
0: It's John.
3: He's a star captain. His first duty is to his ship.
0: You talk about him like he's an enemy. He's not
3: an enemy. But he's not on our side either. Believe me.
1: Yeah, so obviously, you know, he wouldn't let Tripp see his gear. They're hiding something. And now engineering is losing some uh, power, it seems.
5: take up you take down
1: Malcolm Reed is here with uh, another guy
0: it could be a form of spatial distortion
1: can you pinpoint it
0: f-deck near the armory
1: and they think uh, they see something here in the armory The lights are flickering and it's hard to see. Some good music in this episode. So they continue to search around the marmory area with the lights. Uh, it's kind of like an alien vibe to it right now. And right behind one of the crewmen, there's this thing, this sort of fluid-looking thing appearing. And it just, like, like, electrically zapped him. And the guy ends up having, his his face is all distorted.
0: As if he'd been subjected to intense Delta radiation. Did other crewmen see anything?
3: The lights were malfunctioning. This anomaly you detected, you think it was somehow responsible? Showed up at the same time, in the same location. Can't have been a coincidence. I sympathize, believe me. During the initial test for the transporter, some brave men and women were lost. Not a day goes by that I don't think about them.
0: How can I help? You've spent a great deal of time in this region of space.
3: I never encountered anything like this. Are you sure? There's a reason this is called the Barons, Captain. There's nothing out
4: here. Something out here killed one of
3: my crew. I wish I had an explanation for you. Oh. What is it? Oh, time for my treatment. Danny? I'm sorry. Can we uh, continue this later? Of course. Calm down.
0: You never said anything like this would happen. I didn't know this would happen. Dad. A man is dead, and we're responsible. I'm not gonna go along with this anymore. Listen to me. No, no, we gotta tell him the truth.
3: Danny, you're condemning him to death.
0: I'm condemning him. How do you know he isn't already dead?
3: He's alive.
0: Jonathan's practically family. He and Quinn were best friends.
3: I know. I know that.
0: We can't do this to him, to his crew.
3: We're almost ready for our first test.
0: Someone else could die before then.
3: Oh, the odds of that happening again are extremely small. No one's going to die. I just need a couple days. We all win that much, Danny.
0: I wonder what he would have to say about all of this. About what we're doing.
1: So they're talking about her brother, Quinn, Linda. who they lost. We'll learn more here soon, but uh, basically they're brother trying Power. to save him, bring him back. Ready. So now. Uh,
3: Sir? Give me a hand, please.
1: Erickson and uh, Tripp are in the transporter room getting ready for this first test, this first trial.
3: This part I like doing myself.
1: (laughs) Energizing. And there's this piece of gear on the transporter pad that they just beamed out.
0: The probe materialized at the target coordinates.
4: Looks like it arrived in good condition,
0: Captain. We're receiving telemetry.
4: We're already getting back data. Congratulations, Emery. Forty thousand kilometers.
5: Nothing's ever gone that far. It's a start. <laughs> it's uh, gonna take a few hours to gather all the telemetry. Let's celebrate in mess hall. My treat.
3: I like to monitor the data as it comes in. I'm sort of obsessive that way. Well, then let me bring something back for you. Help pass the time between data streams. No, thanks.
5: It's been a long day. You must be starving.
3: You go ahead. I'll join you later. You sure you don't want a second pair of eyes? One pair will do. And no offense, Commander, but uh, I work much better when I'm not being distracted.
5: You know where to find me.
1: Tripp's little hero is, uh, not quite meeting his expectations and, uh, obviously keeping him in the dark on stuff. Come in. So it's, uh, getting him a little bothered. Something's
5: wrong. Most of the work Emory had me do, tapping into the warp reactor for extra power, rerouting the plasma flow. It wasn't necessary for the test. what do you say? Remember when the lights dimmed? Yeah. Well, he channeled that energy into a feedback loop. It wasn't going into the beam. Maybe he needs the power for another phase of the experiment. From what I can tell, his subquantum version should use less energy than a regular transporter. That's one of the reasons it's so brilliant. Either he was keeping me busy, making sure I was looking the other way, or this subquantum thing's a smokescreen for something else, something he hasn't told us about. I wouldn't have picked up on any of it if you hadn't asked me to take a
4: closer look. When I asked Emery about the anomaly that killed Burroughs, he claimed he'd never heard of anything like it. Not true. Something very similar appeared on Emery's research ship. Five years ago, DePaul dug up the report from Starfleet's databanks. Crew members saw it, said it seemed to be alive. Bridge Captain
0: Archer.
4: Go ahead. Yeah,
1: so We're they're starting to um,
0: It's on C deck, section things. 5.
4: On my way.
1: So now another anomaly has showed up here.
4: It's fluctuating. What's your best guess? I've lost it. Take section 3. Take section 4. Don't let it touch you.
1: So Archer and Tippol are there with a couple of Mako's. Good job with the flickering lighting in this episode too. Again, it looks—it's very uh, alien-like, and And now it's in front of the both of them. It's highly unstable,
0: surrounded by a subspace field.
1: It hit hit Paul. Have
2: more prolonged contact. Can you put that down for 30 seconds? I took visual readings.
4: Can you slow it down? Hold it.
1: Enhance. So paul has got like an image of this energy beam thing.
4: Who is it? It's Quinn.
3: Emery's son.
1: So they enhance his face. They could see that it's uh, his incredible.
3: son. That's incredible. He hasn't aged today, day. Emery. I'm not here to test a new transporter. I'm here to bring back my son.
4: What are you talking about?
3: We were conducting first trials. My greatest achievement. Quinn wanted to be the first to go through. It was a lot like his old man. A lot like you. I lost his signal and couldn't get it back. Truth is, the subquantum transporter is a fundamentally flawed concept. It'll never work. Not now, not a thousand years from now. I suppose I knew that at the time. You let him go through with the test. I was a relatively young man who had created something to change Starfleet. After an achievement of that magnitude, there was nowhere to go but down. My life became just one long struggle to recapture past glory. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Quinn.
1: That's very Richard Daystrom speak there that he has about, you know, he created a transporter when he was young, and he was trying to create something even the greater with his long-range ability. You to... said
3: you came here to get him back? This region, the Barrens, is actually a subspace node, a bubble of curved space-time. That's why there are no stars. Quinn's transporter signal is trapped here. At certain intervals, there are fluctuations in the node that cause the signal to reappear. If we can lock onto it at one of those intervals, we can save him. You could have told me all of this before. Starfleet would never have authorized the mission. I had to create an excuse. A member of my crew is dead. I didn't know that the manifestations would be dangerous, believe me. You want me to believe you? I want you to help me. Quinn looks like a brother to you. You were like my second father. You should have trusted me. All I need is one more scan. I can bring him back. Is that the truth? I'm not lying.
4: You've been lying to me since you came aboard.
3: I had no choice. I'm sorry. Please help me, John. Help me save myself. Please. I want you both to work
4: with Emery. Give him whatever help he needs. What is it, Trip? I can't believe I'm hearing this. We've already lost one man. It won't happen again. We'll alert the crew to
5: the danger. If they'd been alerted 24 hours ago, Burroughs might be alive. We don't
0: fully understand the nature of these manifestations. They could pose other dangers. I know
4: there's a risk. We're talking one more day. That's all Emery needs.
0: What he claims he needs.
4: I believe him because he's a friend of the family. That's not why I'm doing this. Why are you doing this? Quinn's signal is getting weaker, Trip. It's been decaying for the past 15 years. Emery says if we don't do something now, we'll never get him back in one piece. We have a responsibility to help. What about Emery's responsibility? He lied to get us out here. I'm aware of that. But we're here. We can't just turn the ship around and leave a man to die. You have your orders. I suggest you get
2: started.
1: It's a tough call. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, yeah, the guys—they've lost a crewman because of this situation. But if they stop, they—you they, know—still know, getting
5: a spike in the array.
1: They'll lose someone else, possibly.
5: I could swap out the emitter coils or something from engineering. I Might even out a bit.
3: Sounds good. I'll get on it. I know you don't approve of what I've done. Well, you need my approval. I'm disappointed that you think less of me. You like me better when I worship your shadow. Yes. It's an honest answer. I'd think you'd be out of practice. You may want to reserve judgment on my actions until you've lost a son. I have lost someone close,
5: and I'd do almost anything to get her back except put other people in danger.
3: Benny and I used to argue all the time. It wasn't until I lost them that I realized that those arguments were some of the happiest moments of my life. I'll be in engineering.
1: Oh, Porthos is here in this episode with, uh, Captain Archer. Can I come in? Oh, it's, uh, Emery's daughter, Danica, here. Hey there.
0: You must be Porthos. Heard a lot about you.
4: Oh, he's a good <clears> doggy. He's a lot
0: of personality.
4: And an appetite to match.
0: I wanted to say that I'm sorry. I should have come to you earlier. I feel responsible. You lost a crewman.
4: We can't change what's happened. Maybe some good can come out
0: of it. You think we can get him back?
4: I think that is possible. That's enough reason for me to try.
0: I wonder what it must be like for him, you know? Is he in pain? Is he conscious? If he is, does he think that we've forgotten about him? Quinn was everything to my father. (sighs) To both of us. Getting him back is all that we've thought about for the past 15 years.
4: Let's hope when this is over, he'll have something else to think about.
1: There's a good scene here, I think they uh, the power you know, it, it makes sense. Some of these
0: modifications should help. Thanks. Is the there anything f- else? The
1: fact that they uh, they're keep uh, trying they're for this.
5: There. I'm trying to decide what to show for movie night. Movie night. Yeah, I thought I'd fire up the old tradition. Be in the mood for a horror film or a musical?
0: I don't think I'll have the time for either.
5: You can't spend every second of your life studying that. Whatever it's called. Kirshara. you got to take a break eventually. Eventually? I don't get you, T'Pol. I thought you joined Starfleet so you could interact a little more with humans. But it seems to me that ever since we left space, Doc, you spend all your free time cooped up in your room reading that Bible of yours.
0: I may have found new priorities.
5: What's that supposed to mean?
0: I'm needed on the bridge.
1: Poor Trip, he loses Paul, his hero, to losing to Paul. Not a good episode for Port Trip here. Archer.
0: I picked up something, it was in your area, but I've lost it.
4: Keep monitoring. He's here.
3: Jonathan. There.
1: So they're in uh, where the shuttle pods are in. Quinn? Quinn. Archer had to dive across and knock Henry or Emery, sorry, not Henry, Emery, <laughs> Erickson out of his wheelchair this wheelchair because this electrical field with Quinn kind of caused this explosion.
5: It knocked out an EPS junction. Repair is going to take a couple hours. Will it affect the transport? No. I can't believe you're still going through. We're not going to have this argument again. That thing barely missed a stack of torpedoes. If it had jumped two feet to the left we wouldn't be here to talk about it.
4: We should concentrate on repairing the ship so we can get out of here. If we beam Quinn aboard there won't be any more of these manifestations. How the hell do you know? Trep, you're putting your personal feelings before the safety of the Shen. you are this close to insubordination? Insubordination? I've made a decision. It's the right decision. And the discussion is over. Can you accept that? Now go do your job. Yes, sir.
3: Ouch. I got what I needed. You should be able to get a good lock when he reappears. When will that be? Just over three hours. How's your ship? We're ready. You saved my life. Forget it. You didn't deserve any of this, Jonathan. I'm sorry this became your problem. Let's make it worthwhile. Let's get Quinn back. (sighs) I'm scared. I don't blame you. I waited so long for this moment. Planned for it. What if something goes wrong? What if I fail?
4: On the day before I entered flight training, I asked my father pretty much the same thing.
3: What did he say? Don't fail. Henry never was a poet. You didn't need to be.
1: There's cool shots of Enterprise here, too, in space, because this is this dead area of space Every with, with no stars really around. Although, I, it always makes me oh. think, like, well, nothing. there's still star, stars really far away, right? Somewhere, wouldn't you see some? I mean, they're not next to the stars, but... In the distance, yeah. Unless there's some kind of, you know, galactic, Captain. you know, Go ahead. debris blocking the light.
3: Confinement beam, widest possible spread. Way ahead of you. Got a lock on something. Pattern's good. Let me. Energizing. We need more power. That's all we got.
1: So it's sort of forming in the transporter chamber, but it's all kind of distorted looking. Kind of like in the Star Trek motion picture when the Enterprise had that transporter malfunction.
3: Complete the transport sequence. I don't have a strong enough signal. Recalibrate the confinement beam that won't help, get us a lock.
2: Let's do it. I'm reading massive cellular deterioration. That's not possible. He's losing cohesion. If he materializes, he'll die in seconds.
3: I can reverse the damage by cross-facing stream. The transporter can't do that. I built a damn
2: bank. I'm losing his vital signs. All right. Get
3: away from me in the secondary buffers. There's not enough time. Dad. I can hold the pattern. Just do it.
0: Dad, let him go. No.
2: There's nothing you can do for him. I can't
3: let him go. I can't.
2: Henry. You can't save him.
1: So they still energized him aboard here.
3: Oh, Quinn.
1: Even I after all that talk.
3: What's wrong? <laughs> Quinn, please forgive me. Please. What is it? Well.
1: So they beam him in, but he he died anyway. So not a success, did not able to save his son, caused another good death man. of another crewman, not a good week for Enterprise.
3: I couldn't leave him like that. It's better to be alive or dead, not somewhere in between. If it means anything, my guess is Quinn would feel the same way. I came here to bring my son home. I suppose I accomplished my goal. I've been in contact with Starfleet. I imagine they're not too happy with all this. I'm sure they'll take your achievements into consideration. I perpetrated a fraud to obtain the use of your ship. A member of your crew is dead. There's no way I'm going to avoid the consequences. One good thing will come out of this, then you won't have to worry about taking care of me anymore. I managed to let go of one of my children. Now I guess it's time for me to let go of the other. I always thought you should be out here. Maybe they'll put me somewhere where I'll be useful, get a chance to teach. You'd probably be good at it. I wouldn't be boring. Why settle for making myself miserable when I can
2: spread the misery around to an entire class of students? Your neurolytic enzymes are at the same level they were a week ago. No sign of Panar Syndrome.
0: It's still difficult for me to accept.
2: You were diagnosed with an incurable disease. Now it's gone. It's a big adjustment. From what I've been reading, similar diagnoses are taking place all over Vulcan. People with Pinar are coming forward. It's uh, no longer a stigma.
0: Kirshara is having an enormous impact.
2: It's clearly had an impact on you. You uh, seem more certain of yourself.
0: I've never felt less certain.
2: You're re-examining your core beliefs. Something most people never do.
1: So, Tapal is in uh, engineering uh, right now, going to see Trip. Do you have a
4: moment? Sure.
5: Something tells me you're not here to talk about movie night.
0: I'm going through something that's very complicated. I know. I'm learning, it seems, for the first time what it truly means to be Vulcan.
5: maybe you can fill me in.
0: Not until I understand it myself. I don't think there'll be time for...
5: What do you want me to say?
0: That you understand.
5: I do. It's not like I didn't know this was coming.
1: So is that sort of like a Vulcan breakup a little?
5: I least the no warping can still need me.
4: Captain Starlog supplemental. We've rendezvoused with the Sarajevo, which will be returning Emery and Danica to Earth.
3: Safe journey. And you, Jonathan. Commander? An honor working with you. Some suggestions. Might boost your transporter range a few hundred kilometers. Couldn't resist. I'll check it out. Say goodbye to Porthos. Good
0: luck. Maybe I'll see you around.
1: I think after all that, I'd want to go on that shuttle pod over to that other ship, not use the transporter, but that's just me, so so there we go. This is uh, Daedalus. You know, the uh, obviously the myth uh, of Daedalus, you know, fly too close to the sun, get a little burned, so yeah, it's an okay episode. I'm going to stop the uh, music here. Uh, I like it. I think there's interesting things. I've always been a, a fan of the transporter anyway, you know, and, and I, th- I thought it would be very cool to learn about, you know, where it came from, the history, and obviously things not working quite right here. Uh, well, Let me see. There's a couple other things uh, about this episode uh, that I wanted to mention. I guess some of the... Uh, Manny Cotto said that this is not one of the best of the final season. It wasn't exactly pleased with how the script turned out or the final production. Uh, they said uh, it didn't turn out very well. Brown and Braga, Rick Berman kind of said the same things. I don't know. I kind of, uh, these guys, yeah, there are better episodes in the fourth season, but I think it's interesting. I also think it's interesting that they allowed it to be uh, not a success, you know, that they didn't get his son back. You know, it would have been very easy to justify some of the stuff that happened and the crewmen dying. Uh, but they ultimately even fail at getting his son back in one piece. So it's, uh, you know, again, uh, fly too close to the sun, that Greek myth of Daedalus, and, and, and things don't work too well. And, and of course, that, uh, you know, myth is Daedalus was this inventor who gave his son Icarus wings, and, and he ended up dying because of it. So a very, very, you know, good name for this episode, really, because Ericsson invents the transporter. And his son, Quinn, who tries it on this long-range transport, uh, ends up being in uh, this state of sort of flux out there for, for uh, many years. And then they try to get him back, and it doesn't work in the end. So, uh, yeah, interesting one. You don't see a lot of the other secondary crew people in this one. There's quick flashes of uh, Ma- Malcolm and Travis. I don't think Hoshi, you see her at all in this episode. But, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. So I'm going to come back in a moment and finish up today's episode, give you some upcoming uh, comments about what's coming up on Treks in Sci-Fi. Be back in a moment.
4: This is Dominic Keating, Malcolm Reed, lieutenant to you
3: at the Motor City Comic Con. Just wanted to say uh, keep on listening to Treks in Sci-Fi.
1: All right, just a couple of episodes to mention uh, that we have coming up on Trek and Sci-Fi that I have uh, planned out so far. Next week, Mark will be here with another classic sci-fi movie, Angry Red Planet. Uh, that'll be next week on the show. And in uh, two weeks, uh, Kenny and I will be here with our next installment on our Harry Potter series, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the third film, third book in the series. One of my favorites, one of Kenny's favorites as well. So we'll be covering that then. Uh, again, thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Uh, make sure to check out the uh, update of new Facebook group if you're a Facebook uh, user member. And make sure you get put on over there. If uh, if anyone out there needs to be added to that, just find me on Facebook, or, or and uh, and I will help you out. So I think that's all. Take care. Thanks for listening, everyone. I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.